identify the unexplainable, paranormal, conspiracies, and much more. Star your host and co-host, Jenny Nicasio, Sean Kelly, and Jason Sledgehammer, I am Petro. Brought to you by UPRN Network. Now for your host, Jenny Nicasio. Good evening and welcome to Jason Prophecy on FM 107.7 on the United International Radio Station in New Orleans, where we discuss anything and everything beyond the scope of normal. I'm Jenny Nicasi, along with Sean Kelly and Jason I and Petro. Welcome to Chasing Prophecy. Hey, guys. Hey, how's everybody doing? How's everybody we, doing tonight? We yeah. have a great show lined up. So we're going to start off, just get right into, right into it because we're jam-packed. 74 years ago today, Roswell Army Airfield issued a press release stating that they had discovered a flying disc from a ranch near Roswell. Okay. And we're going to dive into it because it is the anniversary. It is July 8th, 2021. And we're going to just go down the list and I'm going to introduce everybody. So please forgive me if I screw up your names because there's a <laughs> lot of them here tonight. Okay. Because I have a habit of doing that. So we're just going to jump right in now. Uh, we have Thomas J. Carey has devoted a significant por portion of his life, um, the last 16 years, to investigating Roswell. And he's authored and co-authored more than 30 published articles on the subject, and I believe nine books. So, Tom, if I screw that up, please yeah. forgive me. Um, you paired on uh, Larry King Live, Coast to Coast, with George Norrie, and numerous different pr um, programs over the years. And you're from Pennsylvania also. And then we're going to jump into Debbie. And I don't know if she's in the – is, is Debbie in there, guys? I don't see her. No, she's not. Her, yeah. Well, we'll have to hold off on that because uh, she's not here. We tried to get her on. She was a um, star team investigator and a Roswell specialist. Uh, she she's done a lot of research with MUFON. And then we're going to jump into Terry uh, Lynch Kill. Is that how you say your name, Terry? Did I screw that up too? <laughs> oh, she's You're muted. <laughs> oh, she's new. Okay. Well, she's a member of MUFONT since 2010. Um, there she been is. A, <laughs> she's been a state director, an assistant state director, chief investigator for MUFONT. She's done a lot of cool things for MUFONT, and she has developed a lot of her a life to um, searching for the truth. And then we have, oh, geez, we have somebody else here, John Ventry. <laughs> he's a he's a regular on the show. As long, Terry's been on it twice, I think, once. Was it twice, Terry? I can't remember. Um, tw uh, Yeah, twice, yeah. Oh. And it's Terry Ling Keel. Oh, I didn't screw it up too That's bad. <laughs> okay. <not> <laughs> uh, well, John Ventry is, he used to be a former um, PA investigator, Delaware and West Virginia. He's also been on numerous shows with the Discovery Channel. You were on the History Channel with uh, MUFONT. Um, was that Hanger? Was that Hanger? Hanger 1. Hanger 1. UFO Hunters. Um, you've been out there, and you know, you're also running for governor. I just want it for Pennsylvania. I just want to throw that in there. And then we have Joe. Now, Joe, yeah. I've always messed up your name. Joe. Sean, help me out. Montaldo. Montaldo. Joe M. <laughs> He's a UFO researcher, radio show host of The Centralist and The Paranormal Talk. So we're just going to jump right in it, guys, because we don't, we don't have too much time, and I want there's so much to cover. So it's been 74 years. Um, 
you know, that this happened, that the airfield issued a press release stating that it was a flying disc. Okay. Now, I want to ask you guys, starting, we're going to start with, um, we're going to dive deep into it with uh, Thomas Carey. Um, can you tell me, um, what can I say here? What exactly crashed in, in uh, 1947 in uh, Roswell? I'm sorry, what was what? What actually crashed? I mean, we're going to take it from your point of view, and then we're just going to go around. Okay, I've uh, I spent uh, the last 30 years on this case. Uh, beginning in 1991 with the team of Kevin Randall and Don Schmidt and have teamed with Don since 1998. And uh, we have amassed over 600 first and secondhand witnesses to the event, none of whom have spoken about a balloon. Okay. Mm -hmm. So uh, the not only the preponderance of the evidence that we've amassed, but that beyond a reasonable doubt, what crashed there was a uh, vehicle of unearthly origin with a crew of five, four of whom were dead and one that was still alive. They were not from this earth. And um, that's that was... Uh, I believe we've proved that case beyond a reasonable doubt. Hey, John, what do you have to say about that? Well, I'm going to offer an alternative uh, opinion, just like I did with Kecksburg, just so I can be difficult and play the devil's advocate. <laughs> I like uh, it. I, I, <laughs> you know me. So uh, I, I say that the first uh, UFO crash was in the Black Forest in Germany in 1936. Uh, Hitler tried to back engineer that. And what we recovered in Project Paperclip was uh, that technology. And what crashed in Roswell was probably our first attempt to replicate the technology of the UFO. And whatever the small bodies were, dwarves, elves, you know, whatever, whatever, not elves, whatever they were. Uh, you know, you <laughs> like about a horse. Here comes Santa Claus. I was thinking about Lord of the Rings. I don't know why elves came in. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you think about a horse race, you got to have small jockeys. So whoever they manned it with, staffed it with, had to be lightweight. So I'm going to say it's it, it was our technology, just like Kecksburg was a spy satellite. Hey, hey, Joe, take, take what that. do you think about that? I don't know, Joe. What are your opinions on that one? Joe, you're muted. Uh, let me unmute myself. There we go. You know, it's interesting because uh, I've always gone back and forth on this. And I kind of agree with what he just said, but the Germans actually were probably contacted at 1900. You got to look at it from an alien's point of view. When they came here at the turn of the last, not this century, but the one before this, the most advanced country on the planet was Germany by far. We know from 1911 through 1916, the Germans built six prototype of, of, of the saucer. One happened to be a tank, two happened to have been planes. These are all stuff that we know for a fact that they built. This is not any, this is not any him and hawn. More than likely what happened was, is when they contacted, because you know, in Hitler's book, Mein Kampf, he talks about two fairhead blue-eyed angels that used to come visit him to tell him about what they wanted him to do. None of this is, is, is speculation. This is all fact. So we know this was going on. More than likely what happened was, is we did recover a craft from Germany. Uh, and more than likely, we either tried to fly that craft or we tried to replicate it. Either way it went, it ended badly. But look at it from a, from a space point of view. I've got several degrees in avionics and advanced electronics. 
So any craft that's built to travel through interstellar space is not going to break up on impact. It's not going to happen. It's come down one piece, may bury itself in the dirt. These are not human technologies. It's not going to break up. So either, like he said, either we built something that we crashed or we were flying something that we, we got that we couldn't handle and it went down and they had an escape pod in it, and that's what crashed at Mac Brazel's ranch. It would have made more sense because it broke up in lots of pieces. I do not think it was any bloom by any, any standard of any way at all because the Roswell Journal had put out uh, about three days later, they put a picture out of what we would consider a microchip, fiber optics, and aircraft aluminum. So these are all things that you have to stop and wonder, where do we have these technologies in 1955? We didn't. It's not, not, not any type of technology that we had at all. As far as I know, the microchip was much later than that. Uh, and if you're going to go through standard projections, then the microchip would have been invented later than it even came out now. So it does seem like we did recover some type of technology from the Germans. Either we built one or we were flying one, but either way it went, like I said, it ended very badly for them or whoever was aboard it ended badly for And it's not beyond the fact that there might have been aliens aboard trying to help us to show how to fly it. It's just humans were just not ready for this kind of technology at this time. Maybe today we might have better luck. <laughs> I just, you know, it's just one of those things. But go ahead. I can't even get chips for vehicles to get. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. You know, it's, it's, it's you know, that's that's true. Terry, what do you think about that? You do you well, agree with I, Joe? Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Um, I believe that, like Lou Elizondo uh, had said, he was the former head of AT. AATIP, which is Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. And, you know, he's spoke, spoken on several fronts, and I've talked with him personally. Um, I'm on the board of directors with MUFON, and he, he has come in a few times. We've talked to him. And uh, he was someone who validated uh, two of the different crafts that I saw. One had morphed, and he validated that for me. So he knows what's going on to some degree, you know, and um, like I said, he spoke on several fronts and was interviewed on June 26th of this year, actually, and said that there were two very real crash sites that happened, um, that were incidents uh, that happened and were probably spurred on in Roswell by testing that was being done by our military. And it was the U.S. Atom Commission testing that was going on at uh, the site in White Sands, New Mexico. And I had heard and spoken to others, Stanton Friedman and some other people, that there was also uh, microwave testing at that time going on. And I do believe that there were actually bodies because uh, Max had said and a few other people um, had said that they did order these little coffins and there was proof to that. There was also a woman who passed away in Florida who was one of the nurses that was there and uh, her name escapes me at the moment, but um, she went on uh, a couple different uh, fronts and said that uh, she actually did see these things and they were so horrifying. She really didn't even want to talk about it. And then there was others that have been, I think Hot was recently interviewed about it. And even though he didn't really have a very specific for, uh, forthcoming about what he saw because it was so long ago and he hadn't really revisited his experience. Um, I have to look at that and give kudos to those people that have come forth and have said what they said. I'm not here to call them liars. And there were bodies taken. And so 
that's my opinion and uh, I'm sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so we'll start off with you. Um, like the, like the young, I'm sorry, Terry. I, I was trying, I forgot your name. I'm not good. My memory's lost, but I oh, want to know when you spoke about the, um, the coffins, that's what impressed me. Uh, Joe, why couldn't the military, you know, hot, bring somebody, a mortician out of the military instead of hiring somebody from Roswell to do all this? Actually, you know, it's interesting because I went over, but Stanton and I went through this many, many times. We debated this. I've been to Roswell. I mean, I've spoken to the 60th anniversary of 50th. And uh, the, the thing of it is, is that's not exactly how it went down. There was a military nurse that was involved in this. There was also a military doctor that was involved. And Stanton Friedman and I went over this many, many occasions. A good friend of mine who just passed away, D. D. Andrew, was actually probably one of the foremost experts in Roswell. Uh, she had been doing this for almost 35 years. She had actually had to interview with several people who were actually there. Uh, they described this woman talking about it. What's weird for me is, is it seemed like, and it's, it's hard to prove, but it seems like there was two crashes. It seems like there was a solid craft that went down because I remember these, these hiker boys who were in the Boy Scouts that had described seeing three or four bodies that were pinkish, but they were human shaped. It wasn't alien. They didn't look alien. They just looked like they'd been exposed to high levels of radiation. The craft, they said, was intact. It wasn't broke up. The one in Matt Brazel's ranch was broke up. So it tells you right there, it's not any kind of advanced alien technology unless it was like a shuttlecraft or an escape pod. I mean, really, aliens are going to build crafts that are going to come here, be knocked down by lightning or be crashing and break up in fields. It's just not going to happen. I mean, we will because we still use rivets, but they're using solid piece crafts that are probably capable of much higher speeds than anything we've seen. So really what probably happened is if the grays were on board, which it's possible they were, uh, there seems to be several witnesses that suggest that the grays were present at this and one of them was taken alive. Um, what bothered me about all of that was, as the United States, would we have let China or Russia keep any of our advanced equipment or our people? No, we would not have. We would have went and treated them. If we'd had to do, even, even if we'd had to do it by force, we'd have got them back. So you're talking about an advanced craft that the aliens knew we had. So why would they have let us kept it, keep it? I mean, they would have had to have wanted us to have it. And I do not think they would have let us keep their people outright. I think they would have came and got them. So if there was one found alive, unless he died in our custody, which is what most people believe, uh, then they might have let us keep them. But if there was anybody alive, they would have probably came and retrieved their people. They wouldn't have let us keep their people. So you got to take a lot of what comes out of Roswell with a grain of salt. Some of this is true, and some of this is obviously a lie or misinformation or whatever you want to call it. But knowing what I know about avionics and the way things act in, in flight and what I know about advanced space flight, it's just there's something about this whole story that's just not adding up. There's something missing here that we're just not getting. Can I uh, add something? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, yeah, John. Uh, Get in there. The follow-up to that, you know, the Project Serpo story was the follow-up to Roswell when we exchanged uh, 12 of our officers for the autopsy bodies and the one alien that was it's still living or maybe survived. I don't know. But it's just an interesting story that that was the exchange program that followed up for Roswell. Well, it would make sense because, you know, here's advanced aliens. We've got their people. Do you, would you want to be in our hands if you were an alien? Let's be honest about it. I wouldn't want to be one of, <laughs> no. I, wouldn't want, I wouldn't want to be one of the 12 exchanged in that program. Well, that, that's when a good you're handing too. back autopsied bodies. I, won't, I don't want to be one of those 12. 
Yes, because you don't know what's going to happen to you in the end. And I agree they with you. They might not so, be happy about that. No, they might not be. And and that's the point. I mean, we, we know something legitimately happened. It wasn't a weather balloon. It definitely wasn't dummies. I mean, the dummies were, what, seven, eight, nine years after the fact of Roswell? I think it was yeah. even 10 years. So we know all of that was a cover-up. There was too much going on in Roswell. There was too many reports from locals about what happened. I have no doubt that something crashed, and, and I don't want to. I don't want to take that away from any means. I would just like to know what it was that actually crashed. I don't think it was an advanced spacecraft because of the debris field. Uh, it sounds like either, like I said, I'd have to think it was an escape pod or some other type of craft that came down and disintegrated on impact. Uh, because anything that's going to fly through interstellar space is just not going to break up like that. It is not going to be taken down by radar or lightning or any other damn thing. I mean, hell, we got jets that. that we got airliners that can be hit by lightning and won't be coming down. So I'm just not seeing that's a viable story. And radar, come on, that's radiation, that's microwaves. Do you know how intense the microwaves are in space? That's just, it was such a BS story when I heard it. I was like, and it's one of the reasons I wouldn't spend a lot of time in Roswell. I spent a lot of time in Corona because I wanted to know if the two crashes were related or if they were the same crash or if there was something about them that, that linked them together. Because it would have made sense that there was some type of crash that we were trying to fly. And I don't think it was brought down by any other means, but by ignorance, by our own, by our own selves. I just think we were trying to fly something that we strictly did not understand and we lost control of it. Uh, maybe we overdid the reactors. Maybe we we're going too fast. Maybe we didn't understand how to maneuver inside our atmosphere. But anyway, it goes, I'm pretty sure we're the ones that brought it down. And knowing what I know about the 1911 through 1913 building of these saucers in Germany, it suggests that, yes, we somebody gave them the technology to try to replicate this. Well, of course, 1900 Germany was not going to be able to replicate a craft, but they still had it intact. We recovered. There's no doubt we recovered it. It's just, you know, were we flying that or were we flying a replica is really what it comes down to. And most of the people I've talked to, I've got a lot of friends that work in places like the, the Yucca Mountain facility and the WIP facilities and places like this and, and out at Los Alamos. And I have a class 10 security clearance, which is way above top secret. And the thing about it is it just doesn't suggest, it just suggests that, yes, we had recovered a craft and we brought it home and we were trying to fly the damn thing and it crashed. And the alien said, whoa, what the hell, let me get out of here. And it just, whatever happened, they hit the ground hard and, and it just disintegrated across the field. And that makes more sense to me than some crash, some crash plane, some UFO come flying through the atmosphere, a lightning bolt hit it or a microwave hit it and it crashed into the ground and it shattered. I just can't believe that. I mean, anything that's going to be able to travel at speeds that we're talking about is, I mean, just a piece of dust would disintegrate it. So mm -hmm. it's not going to just impact like this. It's just not going to come apart like that. So knowing this, it made me wonder, was it something we built, which is possible, and then a replica that we crashed, or was it an escape craft of some kind because, you know, they lost control of this thing and they jumped out? And that's what happened. One went down in Corona, one came down at Mac Brazel's ranch, and that's what we ended up with. But for some reason, the Roswellers don't want to talk about Corona because it takes away from Roswell. Uh, and nobody, it's, it's just, it, Roswell has turned this into such an industry. I mean, when you go to Roswell, it, I'm most, most of y'all have probably been there. If you go into Roswell, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, everything's got UFOs on it. McDonald's got a big crash flying saucer on the side of it. Walmart's got one coming through the front of it. You know, even the, even the Italian, I mean, even the Mexican restaurant at the end of the street down there has got a UFO on top of the roof. It's just it, they, they get really testy when you try to take it. And I'm not trying to take anything away from Roswell. I've got a lot of friends there. I just think there was more to this story than we're being told or than we're, we're giving out. And even Stanton Friedman agreed with that. And I had many debates about this on air, and he eventually agreed that there had to be more than what we were hearing here. So I'm just saying, okay. you know, let's not just judge it out. Go ahead, man. All right. Thanks. Tom. Go ahead, Tom. Yes. 
<laughs> Tom, what do you think yeah, about that? Do you agree with him? Do you do you no. want to rebuke that? You know. All I know is um, I spent 30 years on this case, uh, interviewed maybe a thousand people, 600 or more who went on the record. None of them are talking about what these two fellows are talking about. These are firsthand witnesses who were there. And they all described something that had exploded in the air, rained down small pieces of debris. We call them memory metal, things like that. All their sort, nobody knows the full story. Of, I'm talking about the people we interviewed. They all, they all know a little piece of the story. And it was our job, Don Schmidt, Kevin Randall, and myself, to put these little pieces together in, into a, you know, like putting a puzzle together. And after 30 years, uh, a picture formed. And that's what we have to go by. Uh, we kept conjecture, like these gentlemen are talking about, to a minimum. Uh, we, you remember the, um, what was it, the old Dragnet show, uh, Joe Friday says, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. <laughs> and there's... And we put these in every one of our books that we've written. We've written uh, 10 books so far, Don Schmidt and I, 10 books. Um, the other, We start out with the Joe Friday statement, just the facts, ma'am. And then we follow it with a statement uh, made by an uh, anthropologist named Franz Boas. And his, his watchword was record enough facts and the answer will fall to you like a ripe fruit. And that's what we've done. We've recorded enough facts and it all forms a picture, not what these gentlemen are talking about. Uh, it, it suggests to us, based on the evidence at hand, and, and granted, we don't have a steering wheel or a taillight or anything like that. We just have testimony right now. We're at the one yard line. The only thing we're missing is a physical piece of evidence. And, uh, and uh, the... Uh, Conclusion is based on what we have, is that, is that it was a, a ship of unearthly origin. It disintegrated in the air, most likely either from a uh, internal explosion or a lightning strike or something like that. We don't know, so that part is conjecture. But it disintegrated in the air. That's what the witnesses said, and uh, the inner cabin that withstood the the explosion continued on for another 30, 35 miles and came to rest much closer to Roswell. Uh, there were a total of four dead aliens, little fellas with big heads and uh, uh, frail bodies. Uh, uh, you know the picture. Okay, uh, okay, Tom, but if that's the case, could it have been possible that the military switched materials? Because... I mean, the, those photos don't look like what you might be suggesting. I mean, could they have, you know, brought back a different material the, and switched them? What photos are you talking about? Well, and the, the photos with the material, the shiny material or any kind of the debris, could they have been switched because they keep going back to the weather balloon? Do you agree, T Terry? Do you, do you agree with that? I mean... I think the weather balloon was planted by our military to confuse the facts. And uh, you got to remember, they were at a United States Atom Commission testing facility. So anything really could have caused that 
to come down. We're not sure. So we can't say, okay, this is what happened. We do know that there were bodies taken. Over a hundred people saw this incident with their own two eyes. This wasn't just Max Brazel and a couple people from the United States military. So this was heavily covered and they, they were caught off guard and they immediately tried to ridicule the happening and saying it was a weather balloon. It was not a weather balloon. So that's why all this false information was coming out. I don't know that our government <clears throat> handled even their cover-up very well. Um, they disappoint me all the time, and they can they did back then too. So okay. they did a very good job. <laughs> well, then, I, guys, go ahead. Yeah. yeah Why do you, I guess I'll ask Tom. Uh, well, whoever wants to answer this, Terry. Why do you think that the Roswell case, if you do, is more significant? than the uh, Battle of L L.A. case from February 25th, 1942. Why does Roswell get so much attention, but the 1942 case doesn't? Well, you'll have to ask somebody. I like the 1942 case. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's because the um, there's there was more to investigate. Uh, uh, 1942, everybody was concerned about the Japanese and that Pearl Harbor just had just been attacked. And that was the big, that was the big concern that the Japanese were going to uh, invade the West coast. Now that particular case, uh, I still can see that picture of all the floodlights going up and their, the explosions of the anti-aircraft fire, but uh, why it's not a bigger case. I can't, I can't tell you, John, uh, I like the case myself. Well, let me let me just say quickly why I think it is a more significant case. I think the modern era of UFO started in 1942 because uh, the Battle of L.A. was the first time we fired on a UFO. The first time we used the balloon excuse. It wasn't Roswell. The first time we denied UFOs and the Marshall uh, memo says we recovered a craft off the coast. And it was whole. It didn't break apart. So that's just my comments on that, because I think that starts the modern era. Not well, it, well. Uh, maybe maybe it was the Foo Fighters. I, I don't know uh, uh, how far do you want to go back? But uh, it, the modern age, apparently, is it's been anointed. The uh, uh, Kenneth Arnold sighting of June 24th, 1947, near Mount Rainier is sort of the cast in stone now that it was the start of the modern age of world uh, of uh, modern age of UFOs. Uh, but there were other cases. Uh, I don't know why they have anointed that one. Uh, I know Roswell, at least in my own opinion, the reason it's uh, so popular is that there's so many issues surrounding it. Uh, num number one, it's a nuts and bolts case. It's not a, yeah. it's not lights yeah. in the sky. It's not uh uh, you know, abduction, things like that. It's, it's a nuts and bolts crap. There was a release where it, it said that the uh, Russell Army Airfield had captured, they used the term captured. They didn't capture it. They just recovered it. Uh, uh, captured a flying saucer near Roswell. It was actually closer to Corona. And that uh, there were death threats uh, to silence people. There was a cover-up. And uh, the, the, the case died for 30 years. For 30 years, it went away. It was a two-day story in 1947, two days. And um, uh, 
the reason it's uh, so popular, I'm guessing now, because, you know, all I know is that at the time that uh, we have spent on it, is that it's the most investigated case of all time. You had Stan Friedman, the father of Roswell, who I knew well. Uh, he got started. He hooked up with William Moore. They wrote that famous book in 1980, The Roswell Incident. Incident. Up until that point, uh, my hero was uh, Donald E. Kehoe from the 1950s and uh, early 60s. He was a terrific author. Uh, he didn't go near crash crash. UFOs. He, he just stayed away from those. He stayed away from alien bodies because he's trying to get uh, government uh, oversight, trying to get government hearings on UFOs. But he thought crash saucer stories were just a bridge too far for him to try, you know, to keep the story credible. So uh, along comes uh, Stan Friedman, William Moore. Two years later, they, they have a book, The Roswell Incident. When I read that, and I'm just speaking for myself, all the other cases went away. I was hooked on that case when I read uh, the Roswell incident. And uh, believe it or not, it was another 11 years before the next book came out. And that was the uh, Randall and Schmidt UFO, uh, UFO crash at Roswell. And in my humble opinion, again, it was uh, that second book by Randall and Schmidt that made the case a worldwide phenomenon. You, you can go to airports, uh, any country, you say, you say oh, I'm from Roswell. They're, you know, they, at the minimum, they roll their eyes, you know, oh, you know, uh, is that where the aliens are? And at least they've heard of it. And uh, it's known around the world. And there, there are other cases that I like, but uh, I was blown away by the Roswell case when I read that first book. Who hasn't been nice. Hey, I got, I got one. Um, so I was checking out this program on Roswell and, um, so it's, it's taking us back here to the foster ranch for a second with the, uh, crash ship that blew apart into pieces, you know, back to uh, Mac and, you know, his son, Bill and everybody. So in this program, they were talking about how today's technology, we have this artificial intelligent lie detector that can actually go back and, you know, they're able to use the interviews from the 70s, you know, and everything. And this AI can detect if the people were lying or not. So what I found interesting and I'm curious about is so it, it determined that like Bill and Jesse Marcel and everybody was telling the truth. And then it came down to a guy, Frank Kaufman, who played a part in uh, the president getting some of this evidence that was top secret confidential and it came up that he was lying the whole time about that. So well, we knew did, he was a liar. Yeah. So I, I was any evidence actually make it or, you know, is that, do we know what happened to any of that, you know, parts of that ship or whatever, you know, that that's my question. Cause they, he said the Truman got it, you know, and was checking out the pieces, you know, the evidence, but uh, you know, once that thing said it was a lie. So I'm just curious, like what really happened with that part? Well, let me tell you, I was the consultant on that show. Six months I worked with the Travel Channel. Nice. And uh, I was the historical consultant. And that idea of doing the uh, stress test analysis came from me. <laughs> it came from oh, me. Because wow. uh, we, had, we had one of Walter Hout. You, you, you remember who Walter Hout was, the 
the base uh, public information officer at Roswell in 1947. We knew Walter for 25 years, a great guy. He was just a great guy, but he kept trying to tell us, all I know is that I... I handled the press release. I'm thinking, Walter, you're you're on the base. You're buddies with the commanding officer, and you you don't know any more than just the the press release. We never bought that story from him, and we finally uh, we finally said, Walter, would you uh, consider doing a sealed statement? And he said yes. So uh, we put together a sealed statement for him of the things that we knew that he was involved in. He was out at the site. He had a piece of wreckage. He saw the bodies, all that stuff. We put in a sealed statement. We said, Walt, take your time. We're going to go. Don's going to go back to Wisconsin. I'm going back to Pennsylvania. Uh, get with your lawyer. Get with your family. Look over the sealed statement. Delete what you don't like or don't you think is not true. Uh, add things that you want. And uh, would, you, would you sign a sealed statement? He said, yes. So a couple months went by. And... Uh, we got a call from uh, Walter that he had signed the sealed statement. So we went back and looked at it. He didn't change a thing. He didn't change a thing. And uh, so there's a guy who was right in the eye of the storm, knew everything, but he kept it because he promised Butch, Butch Blanchard, the, the base commander, that he would uh, never reveal while he was still alive what took place. So uh, as far as the wreckage, you mentioned the wreckage. I can I can tell you this, you all you all know of this uh, report that the government the the uh, Defense Department put out last week that basically said nothing. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> it. Uh, I'm reading that report and I'm thinking, I've read this before. I've read this before, and it dawned on me in 1960. The Air Force uh, Project Blue Book put out a, something called Special Report Number Fourteen. It was the exact. It was the template for the for the report that came out last week. The conclusions were the same. Oh, there's 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 things in the sky that uh, we we don't have the answer for. Uh, we we know they're there. We don't know what they are, but we're going to keep looking. And uh, we think if we get more sophisticated. Equipment like uh, this report, when they were tasked to, to uh, by the Senate Intelligence Committee to put a report together of what they know about UFOs, they call them UAPs now, right? Yeah. They don't like they don't like the term UFO. It's UAP, unidentified aerial phenomenon. Uh, when they put that report together. They didn't go back to the 1940s with all those good cases, all those cases, by, a lot by civilians. They narrowed the scope to just military cases in the last 17 years, beginning with the Nimitz case right. off the, off the uh, California coast in, in 2004 and ending with the uh, Theodore Roosevelt case, USS Theodore Roosevelt off the East Coast. They had 144 cases that they looked at 143 were unknown those yeah. are those uh you know everybody's seen them those videos that the navy pilots took yeah. everybody has seen i i've seen those to where i fall asleep watching those and um uh, they've they solved one case uh, out of the 144 they solved one case you know what it was well, a, the, bo the a balloon. balloon 
It was a balloon. That's true. And I'm thinking, I, I, I think I don't believe what's going on here. What, what's going? And they said, well, they're not a threat to national security, which goes back to that 1960 report. They must have used that as their template. And uh, they said, well, when we get more sophisticated electronic uh, FLIR type uh, equipment, we will be able to plug in a new case and it'll tell us what it's not. Well, guess what? Even with my own eyes, I can tell what that's not. Those, those uh, videos. They're not anything that I recognize. And the pilots who were uh, engaging those didn't recognize them. The, the one was, uh, you know, the Tic Tacs, the big Tic Tacs uh, on the West Coast. And yeah. then, you then you had the other one that looked like a spinning top. Those are not anything I know. You don't have to, you don't have to tell me, oh, we need more, more sophisticate, sophisticated equipment. I can tell I've never seen anything like that. So mm -hmm. that's where they left. They left everybody hanging like, we just need some more time. We need some more equipment, and we're on it. Oh, oh yes, that's what you. <laughs> they that's need what more you, money. They wanted more yeah. money. Was the bottom line. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. Follow the money, money trail. Yeah. But as far as, the, as far as the wreckage goes, uh, Colonel Corso said that was distributed among Bell Labs and a bunch of other companies, and we right. developed, you know, yeah. Kevlar vests. Uh, microchips, uh, fiber optics, all of that. So that's where the uh, wreckage went, according to Colonel right. Corso and Bill Burns. Hey, Debbie's here. Hey. Debbie. Hey. hey, Debbie. We're just, you know, going through some things. Um, we're trying to figure out, like, was it really a weather balloon or what we've kind of come to the conclusion there's like we're split. Um, what, what, we, what do you think really happened? Um, do you think that, press release was warrant um when they did that were they just covering it up or what and what tom was saying and who i think uh who was it uh, john um said that if there were uh, in the report now why aren't they mentioning um roswell um they're just go going through so go ahead give us your schmill what, me? Yeah. <laughs> I just kind of got in here. I was told 6 o'clock Central Time, and it was oh. actually 5.30 Central Time. Um, well, you're oops. here now. So. I'm here now, yeah. <laughs> I would have been in my office. My air conditioner's out. Um, <laughs> that's been one of those days. Um, I don't. I think they honestly were trying to release it um, originally. Um, I think Colonel Blanchard had every... Um, every intent of releasing it, it just seemed to me um, that um, people were accepting what was happening, you know, that, especially with uh, Kenneth Arnold just, you know, a couple of weeks prior. And so, I mean, is that kind of what you were asking me about? Because I, I think they honestly were going to release it and then um, then it was hushed up, you know, as everything is. And why didn't they bring up Roswell in this last report? They didn't bring up anything in this last report. That was a joke. You know, hey. well, yeah. one question is Debbie, John, Joe, Tom, Terry, whoever wants to answer this, Jason, Sean, um, why even bother with releasing this if they're not going to actually tell us anything? I mean, what's the point? Just to shut us up or I mean, it's, it's been going around. It's been going on forever. To steer us clear from Joe Biden is what they <laughs> <laughs> they, they, uh, Jenny, they had to say something because that video was out. 
See the right. video. The video caused everything. The, the, because uh, Luis Elizondo released it on his own, it showed something to me otherworldly, and it and everybody has seen it. So the 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 horse was out of the barn, and they well, they had to say something. I, I, I think, think you're right, Tom. I think we well, should first actually. Trump put it in the last trillion dollar package that they That's had. That's what to I was about to say. Right. Yeah, the reason this there was any talk at all was because Trump put it in the trillion dollar package and said it had to be released. Matter of fact, the Pentagon's being sued because in the thing it said they had to release everything that they had from now to then. So they haven't. So there's, there's a lawsuit going on against them right now. Uh, uh, Trump actually wrote it in there. I don't know why he did it. I had no idea the man even had an interest in UFOs because he was weird. So. But when, um, when we first got the documentation on, I was like, oh, shit, this is most interesting that any president would even consider releasing anything UFO related. I, I think Marco, Marco Rubio had a lot to do with that. He probably and did. Marco, probably Marco did. Rubio was the one that got it right. in there. Um, they were pushing it in. He, he's on a mission. And um, and you're right. They had to release something because of the videos that have come out. They didn't release what they were supposed to, but yeah, at least yeah. they semi admitted that there is something out there right. that right. they don't know what it is. And well, that's well. half the battle. But, you, you know, you've got the public going into space, too, and you've got China. You know, this isn't going to stay a secret for very much longer. No, it's not. Well, the, yeah. the important thing is that, you know, like Debbie said, is they can no longer say they know they don't investigate UFOs. The Air Force can't say that. Right. And they can't say UFOs are not real. So the laugh giggle factor against us is gone. They can never say that again. And that's my defense while I'm running for governor. If they call me a UFO nut, nut, I'm going to say, go look at the Pentagon report. That's right. That's what I meant. I'm I'm cured. I'm no longer a nut. I'm cured. (laughs) Terry? Yes. Your your view, Terry? Did you say Terry? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about all this? I mean... We're moving on from one question to the next. I mean, we're going back to um, the report. Do you go ahead? Do you think it's um, been warranted? How about this? Um, it does. It makes Roswell seem more legit if this is all happening. So, does it give us more clarity on Roswell, the report, or just it just doesn't do anything? You could just use it to use in the bathroom, you know, toilet paper, whatever. <laughs> Well, personally, I think that it does make it more legit, but um, and that's just me. I'm not speaking for MUFON or anything, but, you know, I've had my own experiences and I've had quite a few. So uh, somebody's background is on. Yeah, we got a little feedback coming from somebody. Yeah. Okay. And so yes. anyway, um, I do think that because of my own personal experiences, what I know about uh, Roswell. I've talked to Len Caston. I've talked to Bob, not Bob Lazar, but I've, I've watched many of his interviews. And Clifford Stone, I've talked to him personally. And so many others who have had really powerful experiences and seen things and documented what they've seen. And then spoke with Lou Elizondo, you know, uh, I am very much in the thought process that they are very real. I've seen my own, so nobody's going to ever tell me other than, you know, otherwise. Um, I've had my experiences and everything just seems to connect. I believe that something went wrong in Roswell 
So bringing this up again is just calling attention to the Roswell incident, which validates it for people. And a new generation is finally for the first time even hearing about it. Mm-hmm. You know, so to me, that's that's great because being the director of memberships with MUFON, I'm looking for people to ask questions, get involved, seek it out, do your due diligence, you know, join MUFON and figure it out with the rest of us. We're investigators, we're certified investigators. So, you know, we're not there to be paid. We're doing this on our own time and it's our passion. So, I think that Roswell is very real. Uh, Lou Elizondo has talked about it, you know, so I don't know. I don't know what else you want me to say about that. <laughs> Let me ask something. One of the reasons they didn't go back in time, you know, with the Pentagon memo, you know, back to Roswell, back to any of the old cases is because in 1976, 115 countries signed the uh, Outer Space Treaty. And it said that all discoveries from space have to be shared. So we're never going to admit we recovered anything because we're not, we don't like to share, especially with China and Russia. So that's never going to be admitted. Hmm. In my my humble opinion, the uh, simplest answer why they never went, they're not going to go back to Roswell. They're not going to go back 74 years to anything because then they would admit that they've been lying to us for 74 years. And that's why they shrunk the, the, the study to the last 17 years because they, they'd have to admit they, Oh, well, we've been, we've been lying to you for 74 years. So then everybody's thinking, well, what else are they lying to us about? (laughs) So do we, do you guys think that uh, like with today's age, you know, we're in a better place that, say they could release info that ufos are real compared to the past because you know remember when like uh orson wells came out war of the worlds you know suicide rates were through the roof because people were freaking out back then you know but now it's 2021 everyone's into ufos and paranormal so do we think it's more of like an easier thing to finally break out you know than it was back then for the general consensus well i think absolutely because we've become so modernized but for me the ufo question for disclosure comes down to two things do you or don't you believe in god because if these aliens were created then evolution's out the window and not really not really not really well let me finish if if they say i'm saying if they say they were created that validates god which is something the progressives don't want but if they show up and tell the evolution story and there is no God, people are going to follow this superior alien. And that's one of the things foretold in the Bible as far as the great apostasy. Yeah, but Some what if they don't believe in our people, God? Yeah, well, well, I'm just saying, well, maybe there is only one or more. But I'm just saying, that's a big question with this. It really is. Do aliens confirm the existence of God or confirm the existence of evolution? Okay, John, I'm going to stop you right now. Okay, if you believe in God, okay, the Almighty, and if you follow the Bible that God created the heavens and earth, and on the seventh day, you know, he rested. But the day that he he created man why couldn't he have created other beings that he wasn't happy with 
Well, he and he instead of destroying them, he stuck them somewhere in the universe. The Bible then, doesn't address life in space. The Bible I mean, that's, is the story of the that's Adam my, family. I mean, you but, but, say Jenny, that. But, but saying that, he could have created racist sins us because he doesn't like us anymore. Yeah, well, no, he could have created more than one. Real quick, important, let me say something real quick. Well, first is, off, there's a pre-Adamic race that was created before Adam and Eve. That was the Jewish lineage being created. But the thing that's so interesting, I think, is that not only does it validate the fact that there is a God and he is who he says he is, there's no doubt in my mind about that. The extraterrestrials were created off world. We humans were created in the image of God in the, in the fact that we are triune so says man. body, soul, and spirit, like God himself, Father, yeah. Son, and Holy Spirit. And the extraterrestrials weren't. Horses weren't. Well, I've never heard God we say that we were created yeah. by him. So let's yeah. not let's not go there. Let's go yeah. back well, to Roswell. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. wait, wait. Well, I'm go I, 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 the Bible was not written by God. The Bible was written by man 300 years okay, after Jesus. I, so let's true. not get into that's it. Let's, let's leave it alone. It's not, <laughs> it's not pertinent to this conversation. Okay, 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 okay. okay. It's not order of Let me say something besides something. Let me say something besides this. Look, I was stationed on Nimitz for six years. Okay, I told you how to test class 10 security clearance, way above top secret. Um, so the thing of it is, over the years, I've interviewed more than 300 pilots, Navy pilots. I've interviewed 12 astronauts from the Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo program. And I've interviewed 22 from the from the shuttle program. I'm currently getting ready to interview. We just interviewed the guy who's driving the rover on Mars right now. Okay, so let me explain to you. None of them believe that Roswell was going to any type of real craft that crashed on the ground and disintegrated. They all agree that any advanced craft that can go through cosmic space is not going to blow up inside of atmosphere and it's not going to crash into pieces on the ground. They don't believe that. Knowing what they know about space travel, they don't believe that. Because they know for us, if we ever try to go to deep space, like we're going to go to anywhere where we're going to carry humans, we got to have a craft that can stay, sustain just a little piece of rock or a meteorite hitting our craft at speeds close to speed of light. So and currently right now, if the shuttle even got closer, it would disintegrate on its own. So you're, you're talking about craft that have to be quite a bit stronger. You cannot put human terms on an alien craft. And that's, that's what I see most people in this panel doing. You're trying to put a limit, a limit on alien spacecraft based on our knowledge of space and, and the way we build craft. That's not a good thing. Okay. I have an important comment. Okay. So, <laughs> I mean, it's something that's pretty obvious though. Um, you're all lumping aliens into one category. How right. do we know? Uh, you know, maybe there are aliens out there who believe in God or a God mm -hmm. or several gods. There's aliens out there that maybe are, you know, this is, they're early into traveling and they are crashing. Maybe there's aliens out there that are crashing into each other because they're not getting along. You can't take the whole concept, the, the, of aliens and categorize it in one category. I agree. They could, yeah, yeah, you're right. it could even true. be us in an altered dimension. <laughs> and it was us in the future. <laughs> and it could some be, kind of be time zone thing. Well, it could be us in the future fighting aliens or interacting with aliens now. But we have to be really careful about categorizing this all together because everything that everybody's saying could all be true because there's so many different um, of alien races that have been explained out there anywhere from, oh my gosh, I've heard anywhere from 56 to 160. But there's no proof for that. There's only proof for six types. That's it. There's no proof for the 56 types. That's total BS. 
you, you, we can only go by things that we know. If you go type the crafts right now that have actually been seen, there's about 40 kind that have actually been seen. And most of them are, are typical types of uh, another, like a saucer, elongated saucer, a rounded saucer, or rectangle chips. These are not anything. These have been being seen for two, 3,000 years. We know the Chinese have reported sightings. We know the Toltecs have. We know the Mayans, the Incans have. This isn't a relative. This isn't, I always tell people, if you're going to get into ufology, start in the past and work your way forward because that's where the real proof is. You can't tell today because we're flying drones all over the place. We're flying all kinds of experimental craft. I mean, for years, everybody thought the X-117, the triangle F-117 was a UFO. It wasn't. It was one of ours. A lot of stuff is ours that we get we mistake. And I guarantee if it's something that blew up and turned into pieces, it was ours. It wasn't theirs. Uh, if, if anything would have reacted, I can travel through deep space. If it blew up in our atmosphere, it would have probably took out Roswell with it. Uh, so I, I just, you know, I have a hard time with those kind of things because we're trying to say that some junky craft flew across the cosmos and then blew up inside of our atmosphere and fell down to Mac Brazel's ranch and left little pieces all over the place. I'm not buying it. Okay, then what do you think it is? Do you think it's that project, Mon what is it, Mongol or something Mongol. like that? Like said, it it, it might have been a shuttlecraft. It might have been an escape pod, but it wasn't an interstellar craft of any kind. It wasn't going to be anything that was we were going to gain real technology from, with, like weapons or things like that, because it just wasn't that kind of craft. It might have been ours. It might have been theirs. But whatever it was, was not a deep space craft. It wasn't an interstellar craft. It wasn't anything that's crossing our cosmos because it's just not going to work that way. It's just not going to happen that way. You don't have to take my word. I've talked to several big scientists about this. I interviewed, hell, I had Mitch Yokaki on here talking about this. Neil Grace Tyson, Paul Levette. I do a lot of serious interviews. I don't play around with my interviews. And I've been in the field for almost 40 years. I was a director for MUFON a long time until it became the black hole of Calcutta. And that's why I left. <laughs> Um, it's just, you know, you're tired of turning in information and not getting any feedback back. So the thing about it is, is it's like, it's like Stevensville. Everybody told me Stevensville was a UFO. So I go down for the all women's conference. Paula Harris invited me down. So I come down. So I'm down here. So we got a big thing going, big bonfire, but all the witnesses, there talking about the whole thing. First thing they tell me there was chase craft and it had rivets on. That's not a spacecraft or it's not, it's not an alien spacecraft. I mean, that was the very first thing the witnesses said. It had rivets on the point corners going out, and there was two chase crafts planted. Then we also know there was an F-16 squadron fought flying that night while this thing was headed for George Bush's ranch, and they never diverted the F-16s. Why? Because I knew what the hell it was. If they well, wouldn't, that was, they, they, that, that was one yeah. of ours if it had rivets. Yeah. Because but it took MUFON 10 years after we broke yeah. it, after we broke the story to, to fess up that it wasn't a UFO. And that's the problem in the field today. Everybody locks on to something. And won't let it go. Even when it's been debunked, they still won't let it go. Uh, Roswell is a great case. I, I don't want to debunk Roswell because it does bring a lot of people in. I think it's something that gets young people interested, like y'all said earlier. But in the end, I don't think it's what everybody says it was. It was not any type of real craft. It was either either Oz or some type of or either Oz or shuttlecraft or, or an escape pod. But it was not a solid craft that's traveling in deep space. It just wouldn't have worked. Joe, how, how many times have you been to Roswell and how many people have you talked to down I've been there? To Roswell about 20. Guy Malone's a good friend of mine. I've been to Roswell probably 15 or 20 times. And I've probably talked to more than 200 people down there. And Don Smith, I've interviewed probably 30 times. I've interviewed, I've interviewed Stanton Reeman probably 60 times over the 40 years I've been doing this. Um, so it's not like I'm not informed on this. I've got friends that are more, much deeper in the Roswell than I am that are also doing way more investigation. So it's not coming out. And when you talk, I'm not telling you, you don't have to take my word. Go talk to some astronauts. They're not buying Roswell. And they believe in space. Okay. I've said this many times. <laughs> when an astronaut tells you he's seen a spacecraft and you tell him no, okay, we, we pay these guys to be trained to go into space and look for ET. 
And when they tell us they found them, we say, oh, well, no, that wasn't those, was it? Of course it was. But we don't want to talk about those craft that we actually have good proof of. What We have video of shooting through the cosmos at speeds that we can't even achieve or even think of achieving. Or we can't even repeat the free Foo Fighters from 42, from 1940s. Okay, give, Debbie, you're an, you are pretty much an expert on Roswell with your research you've done. What do you say to that? I want to hear what Tom Carey has to say because <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of BS. Okay, Tom, okay, Tom you've written so many books BS on the topic. Or what do you what do you say to uh, Tom yeah. on that? Yeah, Tom if knows I, what I think. If I could respond to that, go. Yes, uh, you're on. Board. I could care less what uh, uh, pilots say today about 1947. They weren't there. They weren't there. Uh, we have uh, Werner von Braun. The father of yeah, the no. I've been a big coward. Are you going to let me talk, or yeah. you want to? You want to keep going? No, because I think you give us BS. But go ahead. Okay, let's go. Uh, Werner von Werner von Braun publicly stated twice that it was extraterrestrial. Okay, William Blanchard, the base commander, said it was extraterrestrial with the bodies, and he was the commander of the base. They were there. Uh, we have rocket scientists from the, the German paperclip uh, people that came over after World War II who were involved in the analysis. They were they were taken to the crash site because they were afraid. They were, wanted to know if it was Russian. They thought it might be Russian first. And the, the German rocket scientists said, no, no, there's, it's, not, it's not Russian, but it's not, nothing we've ever seen. And Werner von Braun himself, I would put his... Uh, opinion over yours sir that yeah. it was well i don't have to see where he said that because we've researched fern and he's never oh, said that yeah. and carol yeah. carol rosin i've interviewed several times oh, in sure. no time has she ever said she was his secretary that vernon brown bomb ever said he that. stated it publicly twice so I, i'd have to see it well let, if let he me said it something. public there's going to be something well, that do, shows do that. a little research rather than no research i'm looking right now hold on hold on let me add something and just to go back to the beginning of what joe said but there is actually no proof of aliens because there is no DNA or blood. I in 2018 I put a thirty thousand dollar reward out for blood and DNA. Nothing uh, showed what, up. What, so, what so are you so talking about? Well, what are you talking about? Joseph said there's proof for aliens. There is no proof. So maybe yes, the aliens testimony testimony is not proof. Testimony is not proof. What I'm saying is maybe this thing is interdimensional. And you can't get your hands on it, and the alien would, would dematerialize, let's say. There is no proof for aliens, because you can't show me blood or DNA. There's zero proof. Well, I can't. I Nobody can't. can. Nobody can. Who, Nobody this? can. Uh, well, I can. We have... <laughs> listen, listen. Testimony, testimony has sent people to the gas chamber. Testimony, if credible, is proof. We have lots of it. You just want a, uh, something physical. I admit I want well, something physical. Saying. There's no physical. I do have something Testimony physical. is proof. Go ahead, Terry. I do have proof. I had an experience in 2012, and I took swabs. And I sent those swabs seven years later to a lab. And that was uh, DNA tested. And it was very costly. And it was done through a MUFON lab. And um, 
I had nothing to do with it. All I did was surrender my swab, which was the only thing I had that I had saved for uh, seven years since the experience. And it came up three different times with a very specific DNA that was related to a tegu lizard. It was actually reptilian DNA on that swab and my DNA. And so I do have that proof and I wrote a small book about it. It's called uh, the benevolent, uh, a benevolent and true story of an extraterrestrial healing. And it's on Amazon. I, I literally put it on there for three bucks because I don't care about the money. I want truth. I want proof. And I'm going to continue to move forward with that. And the lab is even looking for other uh, scientists to take what I've uh, given them from my experience in 2012 to continue looking at it. They froze some of it so that we could, as advancements happen, we can then look at it again and decipher it. But it came back with literally a connection to a lizard that is in South America. And uh, so how is that alien? How is that uh, alien? If it's a how is that alien? Are you kidding me? DNA. I have, I have, a, I have a question about the DNA. Just out of curiosity, um, the general consensus is that DNA only lasts up to six months on a swab. So, how accurate is it after seven years? Well, I had it sealed, so it was completely and totally sealed. I never touched it, and it was frozen. So that's how it remained. And I was blessed that I did it that way. But I think that it was done that way on purpose. I believe I was led by extraterrestrials to do that. I really do. Okay. I got a question, okay? All right. We're going to relax here a little bit. We're going to relax, okay? I need a crown. All right. Oh, come on. You know, my ears are burning. My ears are burning. Here's the deal, Okay. What would you all do if an alien came right up to you and tried to shake your hand? What would you do? Elbow. <laughs> I'd ask him if he was vaccinated. Okay. <laughs> oh, jeez. I'd take its hand. I'd, I'd, I'd offer my hand. Yeah, of course. Okay. Would you offer him three fingers? I probably got three fingers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, we're fist bump something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I mean, introducing the Martha, you know, who knows for sure. Uh, but there you know, you all of us have a reptilian section in our brain, so that's science fact. You can't escape that's that. That's true. And, Would anybody you know, volunteer? We're, we're, the, we're the ones that released the blood type study about 10 years ago. Actually, I released it on ancient aliens uh, the second time. First time we released it on Coast to Coast about, about 14 years ago. But uh, it does show a correlation with it's weird people who say they've been taken or had contact. It's weird that over 65% of them are RH negative. And RH negative is an interesting thing because it just showed up out of the blue about 35,000 years ago. Before RH negative came on the scene, every human on the planet was positive, dark hair, dark eye. Uh, that's a science fact. It wasn't until 35,000 years ago when RH negative, which is anti, you know, birth, because we had to we had to invent a, a shot to vaccinate people because, you know, if not, it was going to kill the baby. The babies were stillborn. Uh, that's why everybody in the old days used to have to get a blood type when they blood test when they got married. Uh, nowadays, we have a vaccine for actually not a vaccine, just a shot for it. Right. Um, but and, it is it is a very interesting. There's also thing something so about our presidents were all RH negative. If we it, look back, and it's not just that. If you notice, a lot of our presidents are either green or blue eyed. You also notice a lot of people in Hollywood, people in positions are usually green or blue eyed. 
Uh, it's a strange coincidence. It doesn't mean anything. I'm not trying to make anything out of it. It's just, it was just a strange thing. When we did the original study, we did it of 75,000 uh, contactees opposable. And it came out that 65% were RH negative and 50% were either blue or green eye or a combination of. Now, what does it mean? It could tell you anything. Now, when we, when we took that and we had everybody DNA tested, that was interesting because the DNA tested that they came from 11 locations around the world. Uh, so we actually into serious scientific research. I, I brought the three biggest hemological doctors in the country in and on this. And the maps on the site, you go see for yourself, they're actually signed by the doctors themselves and you can check them. Even they were surprised by the information. And then we found out something really weird. Did you know that middle, uh, Central America and South America is 98% O blood? It's the only mm. place in the world that's like that. Uh, it's a very strange phenomenon. Nobody really knows why, but it is. And it also kind of discredits the theory we all came over the land bridge since that mass is so much different than the rest of the world. And, you know, also we know down there that they were boarding their children to make their heads look like the gods. We had the Naskin lines. It's a very interesting thing in itself, the type. And then we got a whole species down there that has a different skull type than we do. Uh, it's a very interesting thing. So I prefer hardcore science over speculation. It's how it's always been. It's always going to be like that for me. And that's one of the reasons I give Roswell a hard, a hard time and some of the other cases a hard time. Uh, it just they're not always what they appear to be. Uh, and that, and by the way, uh, Tom, I'm not saying that Roswell wasn't aliens. I'm just saying it wasn't an advanced one of craft. I just think it was like a landing craft or an escape pod or something. I just don't think it was an interstellar craft. I never said I didn't think it wasn't aliens because I, I know one of the nurses that was involved, well, a friend of mine knew the nurse that was involved, and she definitely said there was bodies recovered. She called them grays, but whether they were or not, I really couldn't tell you. But So I have no problem with that being that there was a crash there. I just think it was some type of escape pod. I think the main crash either came down somewhere else or went and landed. And it's probably why you see it blow up, because when it ejected, it probably blew up from the ejection. Um, but it makes more sense than it, it really any craft that was crossing through the cosmos just isn't going to do like that. If, if the aliens are that ignorant that they can't even fly here and land, then what are they doing in space in the first place? And that's why I don't believe <laughs> all these crafts. That's the biggest question, too, Joe. That's, that's a big question. A lot of people say to me, why do you think they're here? And my mother has seen them. I've seen them. My son has seen them. My oldest brother, all green eyed, except my son, who's a blue eyed. But um, I think that if they've been here since the very beginning, which I happen to believe that they have, I think they've always been here. The Sumerians, weren't they? What are they looking for and why haven't they found it? Or are they just literally using our minerals and that sort of thing? On, I think it's more like a babysitting mission. You know? So I think we're. I think we are them. Well, if you go by what the Sumerians Whoa. say, the Sumerians say that some race came here that couldn't breathe our atmosphere. They built dome cities and they moved into them, and they created right. another race that created the seven creations of man, which we were not us, but our descendants were supposed to be of. And they tell it. They say that they do things like procreate and plow the fields, but they didn't ask why. They they weren't sentient in the way we were. Then they get the story that they said that the reptilians used to come in, steal the women, rape the women, bring them back with children. The children were born, they were different. They were aggressive. They were asking, why the hell am I doing this? Eventually, Samaria fell. The Dogon actually backed that story up. Hmm. So, you know, you've got, a, you've got two races here. And, and, and then you've got, of course, the Egyptians who have skulls, like what they say the human aliens have. Because they say the human alien skulls are like this. They come back like this. They look like us from the face on, but the skulls are deeper than ours. So in, in the Egyptians, so you have three races in the same areas that are basically telling you the same thing, but we want to ignore that. We want to just say, no, none of that means anything, but that means a lot. And then we've I got a whole society. Other in places. 
I think they did come here from other places they and they've did. been with us all along. So we've, long we've actually been interacting with them throughout all these generations and we're very different from them. They're other than we are. They're not made like we are. Like the one that I saw, the tall white hat arms that hung below his uh, kneecaps where a kneecap would be. And his legs were so thin and his, his, um, his uh, neck was so thin that he was absolutely frightening. And yet he had these huge eyes and no nose, no ears, no well, I'm mouth. Sure, I'm like, sure there's a couple of, you know, uh, for most of the people we talk to, they suggest six types of aliens that come to this planet. And about, well, about but, but so many people um, like who have been in the military and have information like Clifford Stone and Lazar. Mm -hmm. Actually, don't, don't even bring Lazar up to they, me. I busted they talk Lazar. About, they talk, well, I like him. I believe yeah. him. Well, um, they, a good friend of mine worked at, at, worked at Lazar. different species, and then some of them even talk about 144. So I don't know, but I don't claim to know every all of them, but I know the ones that I have had a, you know, and well, think of it like this. You can't even keep the reptilian humans and the grays a secret. How are you going to keep 144 a secret or even 56 a secret? You're not. Yeah. It would be an impossibility. No I don't have all the answers. And then then why would all why would certain aliens even allow other aliens here? You always got to take that in consideration. That's that, true. You know, something sure. else may be going on. But I try to stay out of that. I mean, we do research and abductions because one of the things we do, and it's, it's because when I got into this field, nobody would touch it. Matter of fact, I brought her up to Paula Harris one time 22 years ago. She wouldn't even speak to me for a year because I kind of caught her off guard with it. I had to make make up to her at Roswell at the 50th anniversary, as a matter of fact. And uh, it was a funny thing. But so we do a lot of hardcore research now because we're just trying to find out if these people are crazy or if there's something going on. Because the very first person that ever told me they had been abducted by aliens, I looked at him like, you you got to be nuts. But then I researched this woman. She was in. A, she was. She was way up. She was a doctor. She was way up. One of the head surgeons. She had a large family, a lot of money. And this would, if this would have got out, it would have ruined her career. So I couldn't even. And she didn't know me from B. So I'm like, you know. And then, and then more and more of these people I've had. I've had two astronauts tell me. I've had several pilots tell me. I've had several people in the government tell me they've been they've been contacted. Uh, Senator McDonald came to me because he had an experience in uh, actually in Nevada of a black triangle over flying over his car. This guy's in charge of the Senate Intelligence Committee. He's contacted me. He said, look, he said, I heard that y'all check these up. It was a TR-3B as best we could tell. So I made a deal with him. I said, if he ever found out what it really was, would you send me any information? on?" He sent me a vanilla envelope pretty much with all the blueprints of it saying exactly what it was because he was pissed because this is this guy was way up 22 year incumbent center. And he didn't know anything about it. He was hot that this had been kept from him. And he went and found out what the hell was it, it was. So, I mean, there's lots of things that suggest that we are being visited for whatever reasons. I don't get into the reasons why, because, you know, when you start talking about agendas, there could be thousands of agendas and thousands of reasons why they're here. I have no doubt for whatever reason the planet is being visited. Now, I'll tell you like I tell everybody else. People call me all the time and say, oh, they're here to save the world. They're here to end the world. No, because none of that's happened. Uh, we're still here. We're still going like a crazy people. And when you tell me you, the world's enlightened, all I tell you is take a look around at planet Earth. It doesn't look very enlightened to me. So I can't buy those excuses. They're here for whatever reasons. It's probably not even all about us. We may be a way station, a stopping point, and they just kind of yeah. mess around since they've been here. Uh, so I don't, I don't want to put something on them that I really don't know. And Tom, I do agree with you that there was a crash at Roswell and it was alien. I just think it was something else other than, a, in a, I don't think it was a full-fledged crap because one thing we'd have been trying to backwards weapons and all kind of stuff, and we just don't have that kind of technology yet. But we do have Microsoft, I mean, uh, 
you know, chips and aircraft aluminum mm-hmm. and optics and things like that, which probably we would have recovered from a crash like that. Terry, so, I wanted to follow up with you. That yeah. uh, entity that Terry Lynch saw, why you're versed in demonology. What makes you think that was an alien and not some sort of shape-shifting demon? Oh, I'm so glad you asked me that question. Because I am well-versed in demonology, I know the difference between an extraterrestrial and a demon. They are very, very different. I've had many experiences with demons over my lifetime. Not that I wanted them. It just happened. And so through the years, there are things that that show you where these entities are coming from. There's different dimensions. But one thing is for sure, an extraterrestrial is a very different than us form and the ones that I've seen, reptilian, that wasn't a demon. It was a reptilian. Um, the different types of reptilian I've seen, which were mind-boggling and bizarre and life-changing for me, were reptilian. And the tall white was, you know, amazing. He was an amazing creature, but he was frightening as hell. And the grays were really very short, and uh, they were not demonic. Demonics are so frightening. It's really hard to go through those experiences and maintain, and I'm not kidding. It's rare, but I've had them appear to me in full-bodied apparitions, and there's no doubt that you're not dealing with an extraterrestrial. There is no doubt. This is a completely different life form of some sort or dimensional form of some sort. And uh, ghosts, you can see right through them, and they have more of a shape of a human form, even though they don't always maintain that form. Shapeshifters, uh, dark shadows. I've seen um, things that went tornadic. These were not extraterrestrials, and none of them needed a ship to come into my presence. Extraterrestrials are always coming in a ship. The only one that never has was the extraterrestrial that came in 2012. And and he was completely and totally a reptilian. But, okay. but you said the tall white was frightening. Why do you think that was extraterrestrial? If it was frightening, but the Because he came out of a craft that was parked on my right side. And initially I didn't see him. His head was so big on this very, very thin, thin, it was just very frightening looking. I had that was 1979, and it was the very first time I ever laid my eyes on an extraterrestrial. Have you ever seen Charles that Hall's? It was really, really scary. His have you ever head. Seen Charles Hall's tall whites. I'm the sorry. Kind of Charles Hall kind of introduced the, char- the tall whites a while back, about he, about two decades ago. I know nothing about Charles Hall. Well, you, you ought to look at. Uh, he's got millennium. He's got three books. Experience. The Millennium. Yeah, you ought to check him out because it sounds a lot what, what you're talking about. But oh, that would be interesting. I I purposefully never engaged in any of that because. I can only tell you what happened to me. I don't know what happened to anybody else on this panel or on this planet, but I know what happened to me and what changed my life and made me who I am today and and drew me into the direction that I've gone. And so I do believe in spirituals. I, I believe we're all spiritual beings on a human journey here. And we're here to learn, to, to figure it out. And we're all walking each other home. We all have differences of opinions, but nevertheless, we're all talking about exactly the same things with different experiences. 
Jenny, you got seven okay. minutes, babe. Okay, well said. I just want to end it, wrap it up here. So we have the three camps of people, the UFO crash, the government's lying, the weather balloon crash, the UFO people are crazy. So 30 seconds, your final thoughts, Tom. <laughs> My final thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> That's tough in 30 seconds. Yeah, I know. Um, you got to go through all, everyone. It's we we sort of uh, all of the first hand and witnesses are gone right now and uh we had a book come out last week uh, called touched by roswells about the crash encounters of the rich and famous uh, uh, actors and actresses that you would know uh are are we have a book will come out next year for the 75th anniversary which I'm praying will be our last book on Roswell, our 11th book on Roswell. So um, uh, it's something that has captured uh, my attention for the last 30 years. And uh, it's been a uh, certainly a labor of love. Otherwise, I wouldn't have continued so long. And uh, I'd like to think that Don Schmidt and I, and, and before him, Kevin Randall, uh, we were on the right track. I believe we were. Okay, Debbie, final thoughts. Two seconds. Sorry, we're running out of time. Two seconds? Um, running out of time. Sorry. <laughs> um, I believe that something happened at Roswell, um, and I'm, I'm glad it's still being brought up today because I think Roswell is where the beginning of the lie started, and I, I think we're going from there. Terry. I agree with Debbie 100%. <laughs> okay, John. I think the older cases aren't relative anymore. Uh, I want to know what their intentions are, why they're here, what they believe. And until I meet one and ask them those questions, that's really what I'm interested in at this Joe. point. Oh, I just want to know why nobody talks about the Hills case anymore. Okay, we'll make that next show. <laughs> we'll make that next time. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You, and Chasing Prophecy was a great show. Thank you, thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Oh, nice everybody, don't again, forget, Tom. we got go vote, go vote, go vote. We have five shows at the People's Choice Awards. Get out there, vote, 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 oh, vote, I voted vote, for vote. You. Yeah, you get out there. So you got, you. you got Writers of the Futures from Galaxy Press. They're out there. They got The Centralist. They've got Science and Beyond. They got Chasing Prophecy. They got The Outer Realm with Michelle DeRocher and Amelia Passano. Y'all get out there, vote, 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 vote. Vote some more. <laughs> Thanks, yep. guys. Good night, everyone. Thank you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you, I think. <laughs>